0: Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy Callum Brennan, and on this podcast we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. me today is the returning George Upfield. Welcome back.
1: Hello. Thank you very much, Callum.
0: No. F- thanks again for coming back. Uh, and for those who heard our previous episodes, they may already realise that the reason why you are back, like a few others, is for a more guide dog centric episode yeah and obviously we uh, did uh, touch on it a bit um you having a guide dog um your lovely yoko yeah Um, yeah yoko yeah as well as you um actually working for guide dogs yes
1: that's right i've been well i mean i've had the i I was an intern from February twenty twenty up until sort of late June this year, uh-huh. and then since the beginning of since the beginning of July, um, I've been in a permanent role uh, working down in Reading, and then also from home. So, yeah,
0: yeah. And was it? Um... And last time you were on, you said that at this point it's two days you go down to Reading, yeah
1: yes yeah it will be increasing gradually over over time Uh possibly in the near future which i'm completely happy with that because it it's getting back into the office it's breaking the week up it's also refreshing to see different faces um as i'm sure as i'm sure you can imagine um you know just being because i because of course still living at home just me and my dad in the house you you get a bit fed up of each other really so um over time, but I don't want that to sound horrible but um no I know yeah. what you
0: mean with the especially uh i think a lot of people can uh, relate to that when it especially when we were in lockdown it, yeah you know, it's it's always good to uh meet new people we are we are social creatures at the end of the day
1: yes yeah exactly
0: but uh you said uh, travelling to reading where just uh, for those who may not remember or hadn't heard our previous episode, where do you live?
1: So I live in a little village called Byfield, which is in Northamptonshire. Right. Um, and my nearest train station is Banbury in okay. Oxfordshire. So it takes... so it's, Total journey to Reading um, is about 40, 50 minutes. Right. Which isn't bad.
0: No, not at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, that's... Fair so, yes. First thing I will ask you for this episode, George, is what was it that made you want a guide dog? Again, it was, it, I suppose a uh, quick refresh with that as well. It was nine that you lost your sight, yes?
1: Yes, yeah. So I lost my sight at nine, and yeah. I think the first. I think the thing that my that made me want a guide dog really was. Well, I, I, I decided when I, not long after I'd started secondary school, so when I was about 14, 15, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you know, it'll be quite nice to go to university when I, once I finish school. And my parents sat me down and said, that's a good idea, but we think it might be a good idea to start thinking about what, when, you yeah, about having a guide dog at some point, but, you know, it's a, it's the point of knowing when exactly to, to finally say, right, I'm going to apply now. Um, so I applied three times in total, once in 2011, then in 2013 again, and then I finally applied in 2015, so just before I left secondary school and joined the blind college in Hereford. Because I thought that would be that would give guide dogs enough time to process all the information that they that they accrued about me, and give them enough time to find a dog that were that would suit me. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think yeah, it was all. So, I mean, I was perfectly happy using my white cane at the time, but I think we all agreed that having a guide dog would just give me so much more freedom and independence and also confidence when I went to university Right. Um, sure. and in retrospect I think it did uh, because as I'm sure you, as I'm sure you're aware being a guide dog owner yourself Callum having a having a dog it is it makes it helps you make lots more friends because yeah.
0: it's a conversation starter. I,
1: exactly yeah and when I was at university it turned out that a lot of the people who were on my course as well had dogs at home Mm -hmm. and they were, they missed them. And so Yoko acted as a therapy dog. It it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon for me to be sitting down before a lecture or packing up at the end of a lecture and people coming over to me and giving Yoko a pat and 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 a stroke and a cuddle. And then they'd talk to me as well. And I get to know these people through that way as well. Yeah. And as, you, as I'm sure the you can imagine, the weird, what, the
0: weird thing is when they get it when they do it the other way around.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, and that's another thing because having a guide dog, I be, we sort of became celebrities on the campus. Uh. Well, Yoko did. Yes. Um, I didn't really, because because i remember some of my friends would tell me say to me oh you know they didn't know who they they didn't my this friend of mine didn't know who you were until i said oh you know george he's got a guide dog and they go oh that's who he is mm. so and that was another thing cuz of course i was well i still am but i i was a sing i was single at university and <laughs> having a guide dog great babe magnet and so when i was walking around at uh, the campus you always get loads of girls going oh look at the dog she's so cute and and i'd have and they'd ask me all about yoko and i'd have to sort of say to them that's yoko my name's george by the way nice to meet you and um, so yeah because that was a the problem they always asked about the about asked for the dog's name but never mine. and <laughs> looking back i wish i'd sort of said something like um if you want a dog if you want the dog you got. She comes as part of the package with me.
0: Yeah, but, that um, is. Is one of those things that I think again maybe repeat myself from our previous episode, but I found it funny when people would say the dog's a real chick magnet. It's like, yes, the dog is for itself, as in you know, yeah. it's not like um, girls and frankly guys, you know are like yeah. you know it's not yeah, like exactly, it's yeah. not like they see the dog and then all of a sudden they're interested in you per se and i'm not saying this no. in a rude way it's just at the end of the day it's like yeah they the the dog is a magnet for themselves it's not like you know it's yeah. just it's just the way it is and like you said i would often get a lot of um, myself i'd get a lot of ah-ring when going around campus <clears throat> with my first dog yeah. i even i mean i was in a um i was in sixth form with my first dog so you know i'd already in a way i already had been used to to that umming and aring when walking around a campus in a way however i do think it was a bit different at uni because i think uh with people being older they were more uh confident to uh, not keep themselves as quiet as say you know, 13 to 17 year olds would do
1: at a school. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> but, um, so yeah, so as you can imagine, Yoko just gave me confidence bounds and just really helped me at university. She was, yeah, brilliant. sure.
0: No, I, I, yeah, I'm sure, we'll don't into that. Bit more in a sec. I just was wondering what was the reasons for you needing to, like, why did it take three attempts for you to successfully apply?
1: Well, um, that was the thing. We because I was at school at the time. It was a sm- it was a small campus, and the only times that I went off campus was either to go to the school gym, which was literally a, literally a minute's walk through a little cul-de-sac to to the sports center mm-hmm. or i went across the road using a pelican crossing to go to the co-op to get some sweets and packet of crisps or whatever or i was on a school trip where i was to use my cane and i always had teachers and learning support assistants um chaperoning me but and i knew where all the steps were on campus everybody knew me that didn't necessarily mean that everybody was very helpful towards me, um, mm-hmm. teachers included as well as pu- as well as students. Sure. Um, but yeah, we were just. I was. I just didn't feel like I needed a dog at that time because it just felt like it would be a waste as well.
0: So, what was so when you say so in 2011, 2013, Say the first two times. So you didn't for that reason? Did you not actually go through the the application like process was it more a case of you looked into it and then decided you didn't need it
1: well we started the application process like doing the um, sort of the health risk assessments and doing sort of um, trial doing trial walks with um, a cane and then a harness Um, but it, it I think it was just so I could get my foot in the door and say right you know this might go ahead, we might sort of say, actually can we go ahead with this? but in case we don't, this is just there so that it's sitting and we kept having to do them because they they expire after a while and if they're not used, you know like like I've learnt how to um, how to manage these in my current role um, you know if, if if a health risk assessment just sits idle for a while, then there's no point so you just close it down. And then, if the client wants to apply for a new one, then so be it.
0: Sure, that makes sense. Uh, and I guess, because you mentioned it was like you were fourteen, fifteen when your your parents and you sort of discussed about getting a guide dog, and again, yeah. you lost your sight at nine. In that like five-year, six-year s- spell, had like. Ha- did you already know about guide dogs was it something you'd been interested in for a while already or was it more or was it just well, when you started thinking oh I would like to go to uni that it was like oh that would probably be where a guide dog would be good
1: Well I I known about uh, guide dogs obviously I knew <clears throat> when I was little I'd seen a bit on TV and my parents had explained it a little bit to me but obviously they didn't they only knew as much as I knew then which wasn't very much. And then I'd obviously seen people uh, doing bucket collections at shopping centers. Right. But that was all, that was all I really knew until the first time that I sort of said, okay, this might be a good time to start thinking about it. And then okay. the, um, the guys came out from guide dogs to, to talk to us in the very first time.
0: Sure. Okay. And was it one of the, had you always been a dog person?
1: oh yeah we, we, we've um <clears throat> excuse me i've got a bit of thrown now. um we've always had dogs in the house so i remember the very first dog that we had um was uh well we got him when i was about two or three he was a rescued lab um called hamilton but we called him hammy and he was a yellow lab we had him okay. from when he was six months until he was 14 Okay. Um, And then, pretty much a couple of months after we after Hammy passed away, Uh um, we got Perry, um, our our guide dog stud dog. Right. Because again, we've done a lot of volunteering for guide dogs. Um, I've been a volunteer pretty much on and off since 2014. And and I think that was the reason. One of the things that made me think. I wanted to work for guide dogs because I just got a real feel for a family atmosphere within the organisation. Sure. But another another reason, I think as well, was sort of think, OK, get my foot in the door so that people know me and might have a better chance of uh, success when I come for, you know, finally applying for a guide dog. Right. Um, but so we got Perry in 2014 and he's eight years old now and I think he's coming up for retirement he's pretty much had, had his last um, call for duty sure and uh, so I'm not sure when he's going to have the snip but um, but yeah so I mean he we've always treated him like a pet because that's I mean guide dogs only really use him when uh, a brood bitch comes into season and they call him call us up and say can you bring him in for mating and then obviously I got Yoko in 2016 just before I went to uni so yeah we've always had dogs and well pretty much in my lifetime anyway
0: sure and uh like how then did how did it come about like I know you're mentioning that you have been volunteering since 2014 but how exactly did it come about with uh you and your family having a stud dog for the charity
1: well um, well I mean after Hammy passed away uh, Mm -hmm. my mum it it was a couple of months but my mum was talking to me one day and she said you know obviously it would be nice to do something and nice to do a bit more volunteering for guide dogs and she said now she said I don't think we could be brood bitch holders she said because that means that we'd have to help sort of whelp the dogs with the puppies and that and she said, "I don't think we could do that." Um, so, she, so she said, "We could be puppy walkers," but she said, "I don't like the thought of having a little puppy for a year and then having to give it, and then having to give it back, uh-huh. and then getting another one and then having to give it back and then and sure. rinse, rinse and repeat." Yeah, she said, "We could get a stud dog," so she said, it'd "basically, be we basically treat it like a pet, but." Oh, and guide dogs would only use it for when they need it for mating, and so that. And we thought actually that's probably a good idea. And then my mum went to see some potential stud dogs that were coming up for looking for somewhere to live, and she saw Perry and fell in love with him.
0: Uh, what? And, and so
1: that's. And Perry is a pure black Labrador. Okay. And he's he's an American Labrador, so. He's pure muscle, and he's got a big square head like a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, okay. and he's just pure muscle. Uh, but he's a he's he's a beautiful boy. He's not very bright, because he's got all the gear and no idea, literally. Sure. Um. Hope Hope, yeah.
0: hope the guide dog puppies get his get the mother's brains.
1: Yeah. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, he's bred about nearly just over three hundred. In his lifetime wow and because when yeah
0: so how old was he when he's like when he started as it were it sounds weird to so word he, it that way but yeah
1: no, that's all right he couldn't um, I, they didn't allow him to be mated for the first time until he was at least two years old okay um, and then I'm not sure why but but then after he was mated then there was like a, a short period where we had to where he was sort of taken off duty almost whilst they checked for the pups to see if because um, in the because after you know a couple of times we've had one mating where he's, we've taken him for one mating and then straight after that one he's gone in for another mating, right. um, but after the very first one there was a short sort of period of um, sort of um, of recuperation almost so they sort of kept him to the side so whilst they waited for the pups to be born just in case there were any defects or any um, any uh, any of them were deformed or had sort of physical physical problems and that but and when it they just do that in case because if that be because if god forbid there is then mm-hmm. they have to withdraw him as a, from being a stud dog, but sure. thankfully there wasn't. And uh, his first litter was twelve puppies, I think.
0: Fair enough. So, yeah. so how um, so how many times a year, like on average, would you say like he's, I guess, uh, needed for work?
1: Well, um it's hard to say because I mean the first within the first two years that he was that he that he had actually started mating I think he went about five or six times right Um, whereas in the past two years um, he's only been about once I mean obviously COVID got in the way sure but even in even in 2019 I don't think he went
0: Sure, and uh, forgive me if this is a silly question, but when it comes to him uh, mating um, with a uh, female dog, a bitch, uh, does, uh, like, is it a, like, how long are they given, as it were? Is it needed to, you know, is it like only an hour needed or is it
1: i'm i'm not sure i mean do they keep him overnight yeah sometimes i mean sometimes they do it and we will take him in one morning and then the next day they'll bring us up and say okay he's finished now you can come and collect him or sometimes it'll be over a week right um it just depends on on how much interest there is between the two dogs also um just like energy levels um, and also quantities of you know, quantities of sperm to put it to put it bluntly um, sure yeah and and also I mean I've, I remember not long after we first got Perry the lady who the um, National Breeding Centre who's in charge of all the stud dogs she gave me and my mum a, a tour so like, I mean I know you can get tours of what was the breeding centre uh, it's now called the National Centre, but but this but this was more like an in-depth tour right. because it was just a it was just me and my mum really. So, and we were taken into this room, which was I don't know how big it was, but it wasn't a very big room, and it just had it just had like a plain sort of grey grey line uh, linoleum floor, um, and it, there was a single chair on one side of the room and then there was little tannoy speakers in the top corners playing classical music and right. the lady said this is the this is where the magic happens
0: Fair so enough. basically yeah and did, did you <laughs> ask if it's always classical music
1: apparently it is yeah and basic and some but this is the thing that makes me laugh apparently uh, i mean i know it's sort of I know it's not to be laughed at in, in reality, but it, you can't help but uh, have a smile on your face when you hear this. But apparently there's always, when when they're doing it, there's yeah. always somebody in the room in case the, in case one of the dogs needs, it gets a bit tired and needs to lean on something. Okay. Um. And, and also the, uh, there was a, a little door to uh, a patch of grass out outside the room um, and we went out and there's like a little man-made um, sort of a, a little a tiny little hill and apparently that's if one of the dogs is smaller than the other it's so that one of the small the, the, the smaller dog can get a head start mm. but uh, it is it is amazing the 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 site they've got up there, and and the measures that they go through, to to ensure that everything is absolutely down to a t. It's,
0: but um, that the dogs have a good time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, of course, they want they want the best of the best puppies. So
0: yeah. So yeah. Sure. It's uh, it's interesting. So when Perry is retired i'm assuming the uh intention would be for your family to keep him
1: yeah we'll we'll keep him i mean we treat him enough as a pet so already so
0: yeah i'm guessing so, yeah is it okay i'm assuming he's no like when it comes to like his how well behaved he is are they cuz they're only uh for breeding are they I'm guessing they're not trained on this to the same degree as a guide dog.
1: Well, they have they have the same um, puppy walking um, regime as ah, okay. a guide dog. So, sure. um, because of I mean, course they don't that. know. No, that's all right. I mean, of course they don't. Of course, the guide dogs don't know when they go off when the puppies go off to the puppy walker. Sure. Until a bit later down the road, whether a dog is going to be a guide dog brood bitch a stud dog a buddy dog even yeah. um so yeah and so, so i think it's a little
0: do you Sorry. want to i just thought for people who wouldn't who may not be aware do you do you want to quickly say what a buddy dog is
1: so buddy dogs are um well there's buddy dogs and companion dogs so basically they're um i think they're sort of like introduced well the buddy dogs ones um certainly is for um, young is for children, and it's for partially sighted children. Um, most of the children who have buddy dogs you find also have some sort of other—I um, won't say disability, but conditions—something like autism or cerebral palsy or something like that. Sure. So they're almost like therapy therapy dogs, but they also kind of get children used to the idea of having to look after a dog and giving them that responsibility Mm -hmm. for potentially in the future, having a guide dog. Right. Um, and companion dogs are for adults and therefore, um, I'm I'm still not really sure (laughs) what, um, I think companion dogs are very similar, but they're just for adults really. Sure. Um, but again, I, I'd need to, (laughs) stupidly, I'd need to, Check up on what that is again. I'd need to refresh my refresh, sure. refresh my memory.
0: So, so he is like reasonably. Like I know you're saying that he's a uh, a bit dim, but he's in comparison to say a regular dog, he is still well behaved.
1: And oh yeah, I mean yeah, compared to, compared to Yoko, he's well behaved. Fair enough. How how yeah.
0: do how do him and Yoko get on then? Because I'm guessing because... it's not. I'm guessing it's not a situation of he tries to, um, you know, get no, it on he, with her because ama- she's cause she's not because she's not um, she's never brooding as a result of being no. spaded.
1: Yeah, I mean, amazingly, I mean, probably for that very reason because she's been spayed, but uh, amazingly, he has never ever tried to mount her mm. or anything, and they get along they get along brilliantly but even though Perry is bigger and older than Yoko Yoko is by far the boss right and she she bullies she bullies Perry in a playful manner sure yeah sometimes she can get sometimes she can get can get a bit too boisterous sure um happens but yeah yeah I mean Yoko doesn't really like other dogs for some reason I've no. never been able to. I mean, it was amazing because wh- where was I the other day? Oh yeah, it was on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So I caught the bus to Banbury to do some shopping, and I saw seven dogs in total: three in my village, and four around town. Mm-hmm. And out of those seven, she didn't bark at three of them. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, so, she was stood right next to one, which was tiny, and she hates small dogs. But she never, she never even, she didn't bat an eyelid.
0: So um, you said she didn't bark. So what does, even if even when she's on harness, does she give a yeah. bit of a bark to other dogs?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's never attacked. She's never attacked them or lunged at them or anything. She's just very vocal.
0: Hmm. And what, just one bark, just... or do you have to?
1: No, tell her to stop. Well, most of the time it'll just be, buff, 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 but something like that. But um, do you think it's I'll like a warning? Just... Like maybe don't, don't come near us. Probably, but um, leave, I mean, me should...
0: leave me alone. Leave yeah, me alone. working.
1: yeah. It's probably more like leave me alone or go away. What are you doing here? And she absolutely hates German shepherds. I've. Which is quite a shame because I mean I know I love Labradors, but I love also love German Shepherds, and any time I'm at guide dogs or something, I'll see a German Shepherd. I'll if I want to go and say hello to it, I'll have to make sure that Yoko is well out of the way, and I just go and say hello to the dog on my own. Okay. But um, is but, there yeah,
0: has there been any thought of why German Shepherds particularly?
1: I don't know if. When she was being puppy walked, she had a bad experience with a German Shepherd.
0: You've never had a chance I... to ask her pup, her puppy walker. No, no,
1: hmm. no. It's it's really it's really weird. I mean, yeah. she's had a couple of bad experiences with sort of like terriers and um, and other dogs, but um, but never. But I I haven't heard about anything okay and we've tried we've tried to work out what it is that got her into just barking at other dogs, but we can't work it out, so it's just a part of her really now sure we've come to accept it it's annoying, but we have to accept it in the end
0: sure and uh how old is Yoko now
1: six and a half
0: okay uh and was she uh the first dog that you practiced with obviously not including um because i think everyone when they apply has like a little practice walk to demonstrate to them what it what it's like walking yeah. with a guide dog but other than I mean, that was she the first you uh tried the matching process with
1: no she wasn't i mean as she should listen, Nate, sorry to just break um off the, from the question but Traditionally when you have the practice walk your first ever practice walk on a harness yeah they don't actually bring a dog
0: not well no not initially but I'm thinking no. of there's one afterwards oh it's, the yes, one afterwards yeah. yeah I mean if you yes, want to be technical yeah. yes the very first practice walk is the very awkward experience of someone holding the harness and pulling you along basically just like
1: an invisible dog yeah. lead yeah um but yeah um yoko was actually the second dog that i've been
0: matched with
1: okay because the first dog i was matched with um he was called woody and he was basically a bigger uh version of yoko like a black labrador cross golden retriever mm-hmm. and i remember hearing about him and I'm th- thinking i cannot wait to meet him and one day in uh, that same year when i was volunteering at the uh guide dogs Lemington uh regional center open day um a trainer came over to me and said george i'd like you to meet woody and i've met him he was such a beautiful dog uh, and were, and the trainer said we'll come around to your house so you can have a practice walk and see if he fits you next week because of course guide dogs guide dogs had when i applied they they promised me that i would have a dog for when i for before i started university and so the next week Woody came to my house and as you can imagine I, can, I was super excited and the trainer said right let's go for a walk around the, around the village got on the harness started walking and straight away I thought oh no because I'm quite a fast walker
0: sure and
1: Woody was slower than me yeah at uh, so- a regular walking pace
0: yeah and yeah so therefore didn't didn't so, match cuz yeah, uh, as so I, um... as as has been discussed on previous uh, guide dog centric episodes you know uh, one of the key things with the matching process is for walking pace of human and dog to pretty much be exactly the same
1: yeah and i remember asking the trainer can you make him go faster and they said but no, we can make him go. We can make him go slower, but we can't make him go faster. And I thought, oh, well, that's not—that's a fat lot of use then. Yeah. So, so I said to them, so he's obviously he's obviously not a match. What's going to happen now?
0: Hmm.
1: About about me getting a guide dog, and they said, well, probably you probably won't have one until after your first year of university. And of course, be, having been promised that I'd get a guide dog before university you know, that the obviously shattered, that, you know, I was devastated, and I got, I, I got back to the house, and my mum said to me, how, how did you go? And I said, I actually need a minute, and I went down, I, I went inside, and I actually went, I actually broke down. Sure. Because I was so, because of course, as you can, as you can appreciate, university is a huge step for anybody, but for somebody who's, Quite been lived a quite lived a quite sheltered life um, in a village with a visual impairment, and then to not be told that you're you won't probably have a companion with you when you go when you start university. That's so. My mum got onto guide dogs afterwards and said, "Look, you made a promise, you better keep it." And so a few weeks later, um, a different trainer came out to our house with Yoko and Dave, both black lab cross golden retrievers. Uh And the trainer said, I think you'll be more suited to Yoko, but I brought Dave just in case, but just so you can see the difference between. And I had the first walk with Yoke and I thought, actually, this could work. And then after one day after I'd finished volunteering, um on a tour at the Lemmington Centre with guide dogs. Um the same lady came up to me and said, Right, would you like to have another harness walk with Yoko around Lemmington just to make sh- just to make sure that she's the one that could work for you. And I said, Okay. And so we set off walking up the road and so the trainer and my mum were following a few few meters behind me. Mm-hmm. And we were walking along the side of the road, um, sort of a residential area in, in Lemington, where there was a, a grass verge on the right, a path which was quite badly maintained, quite sort of up and down and not very, uh, very uneven. Sure. And then on the right, on the left, there was a small wall which had a big overgrown privet hedge, so there wasn't much room on the path. Right. And we were walking along, and all of a sudden, Yoko stopped. And because, of course, I was still very naive to how guide dogs worked at the time, I thought to myself, oh, God, has she hurt herself? Something's wrong. And then all of a sudden, some idiot flew along the path on his bike, nearly knocking me and Yoko over. And I thought to myself, Yo- I didn't see that, but Yoko saw that. Com- saw him coming from... Miles, well, not miles away, but from quite a few meters away. Sure, yeah. That and I thought I know that any guide dog would do that, but that I think and I think that was the moment when I thought she's the one.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's I get what you cause what you mean as far as it's <laughs> very um, it's very nice and um, it definitely helps with. Uh the connection with a dog a uh, s experience like that i you see a lot a few people talk about it on social media when they have moments like that and I've had one with it wasn't during a practice walk in your case, but it was when i were it was like a year into me having my second dog, and we had a situation where we were crossing a pelican. Uh, obviously it had gone green, you know, I knew it had it, you know, cone yep. spinning, all that stuff. Also with the sight I have, I could see it had gone green, especially cause it was, yeah, it was in the evening. So, uh, you know, not so bright, which means it's easier to see stuff like that for me. Um, and was crossing. And then you then just uh, stopped dead in the middle of the road because a car ran the light, um, you know, on the, on the, I suppose you know the for the far side from me. You know when I was crossing, because yeah. um, obviously I heard the car coming, but you know I would argue naturally I assumed the car was going to stop because you know because well, it was a pelican, <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean. and it was and you know and therefore it would have been a red light for them, but uh, they didn't, and uh, obviously uh, my dog Euthan. Clearly uh, realized that, and yes, stopped before it probably would have hit us.
1: Well, because because we
0: are also English. quite fast walkers as well. Um, yeah. Maybe not as fast as yourself, but we are quite fast walkers.
1: Well, I'm, I'll never forget. You just reminded me. In my last year of university, um, I was walking with um, uh, sort of some other guests who've been. Uh, who had attended a research seminar one, one evening. Um, we were walking up to the Indian restaurant opposite the university. Cause that's what we did after research seminar. It's got a free dinner. Um, and, <clears throat> and I was chatting to free one of the Joel retired. Le- yeah. I was chatting to one of the retired lecturers who attended the seminar mm-hmm. and it was, it was, it was sort of early October. So it was pitch black at about six o'clock. Right. In the evening. But we were on a lit the the street was well lit and i was at a pelican crossing the light the the man turned green and the lights went red so the traffic stopped i started crossing and then all of a sudden this guy flew across it on a on a on a bicycle almost took yoko's head off
0: hmm.
1: and you know i mean i know it's a cyclist but that's no excuse for running a red light oh god no no and i mean there was, no, I mean, even the person who I was talking to at the time, fully sighted, never saw him coming, because he was just going that fast. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it is, it is. I've had loads of problems with cyclists, <laughs> um, just nearly nearly cutting me in half or cutting Yoko's head off, and
0: I've been fortunate. That I don't think I've had too much of an issue with. Uh, cyclists. I've had a few that's probably come close-ish, but nowhere near as close as what it sounds like uh, you've had. And maybe there's probably other people out there, guide dog owners, who have had it as well. Uh, the one, uh, to be honest, the one I've, funnily enough, uh, the one, the worst I've experienced was when one just came speeding behind us and uh, nearly hit uh, my friend and wife who were on my right-hand side. Oh god! Because uh, again, they just didn't slow down, and it's not like the what. See, I really appreciate it when um, I've had situations where cyclists um, are behind me um, on a path, and they'll ring the bell to let yeah, me. know. Yeah, none to, of these guys do. Yeah, to let. Yeah. Well, I assumed, and that's obviously a real shame, especially if they're going to go continue going that fast. But uh, I've had a few, which is nice, where they ring the bell to let me know, and then I'll just. Get you, I'll get you them to stop and just wait and let them go past me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But um, so obviously we sort of uh, touched on your time at uni there, but you talked about your sort of—I uh I guess it's fair to say—your anxieties about going to uni without a guide dog you touched upon the companionship was that the main reason for why you wanted a guide dog so badly before going to uni or was it um and as well as the mobility side was it just was it
1: i think it was i think it was as well as um
0: was that because because you had been using a cane for a few years at this point and I'm just, I suppose yeah. I'm just i'm just curious to know like as far as the thought process did you just think it's just going to be so much better around a big campus and I realise you've kind of touched on this, but I suppose yeah. I just wanted to get a bit more uh, in in
1: depth about it. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I, I suppose it was also as well as, well as the mobility side of things. Um, it it was just like I mean, say for example, I mean I'll, there are a lot of times when a university, well, in the first week or so, when I did get a little bit homesick um but yoko was always there and even even now like say for example if i'm getting stressed about something stressed about something at work or home or family life or or personal health or whatever and i'll get worried about something yoko will come and sort of sit by my side and just she'll nudge my arm just to check that she's just just to check that i'm all right so yeah, she's a, she is a companion for me, and you know she, it was it was nice to have another body in the room, and it was, she gave me responsibility as well as as well as my work. She gave me a reason to get out of, get out of my room, because sure, yeah. Had I not got had I not had her at university, I would have just sat. I would probably have just sat in my room. Yeah. most of the day. I know what you mean.
0: Uh, no, I, I get that. To be perfectly frank, there's a part of that that could be the same for me when obviously I had my first guide dog at the Royal National College for the Blind, which was a border college. Yeah. There's probably a part of that that I wouldn't have, even then, you know, I probably wouldn't have uh, socialized as much as I did because obviously I'd had to take a fella, his name was, out to the spending area. Yeah. walk past the people who were you know in in front of the building uh both you and I lived in there was uh, yeah. stone benches that people would sit at whether uh socializing smoking or both uh and yeah like and then obviously sometimes I'd end up chatting to them but if I didn't have if I hadn't had fella that probably wouldn't have happened you know yeah and it's again like we said it's not so much in a blind college because I mean don't get me wrong it's not like uh, obviously plenty of uh, blind severely sight impaired people you know uh, love dogs obviously a lot have guide dogs but you know it still was a way to get me out there where as we said with a place like uni where you are with fully able people yeah it's it's it, it again huge conversation starter and a few of the people I speak to you know who I'm friends with now would I have started talking to them if I hadn't had uh, my current dog. It's for possible not. It's, it's very possible. Yeah. Because, yeah, because um, cause I suppose I was just curious because I think say my first dog who I mentioned their fella was retired in my second year at RNC and this was leading up to me going to uni in September that year, which I have, I have talked about in previous episodes on the podcast, but in the same way that it's slightly different, but the same sort of thought processes there where I knew I wanted to get a guide dog as quick as possible. Um, It was a very limited window, obviously managed to do it uh, because the charity put me on priority one um both for my local center where I was living with my parents at the time but also the local center to uh, the college in Hereford you know, yeah so you know and uh, it because it, obviously at that point I had been geared up for having fella having a guide dog at uni and then when he was all of a sudden retired it was like you know, yeah wasn't so wasn't as keen on going to uni anymore cuz it was like again i've been using a cane for a long time but i don't know i think there is something and obviously this isn't the case for every blind person obviously there are i've had people on here who don't want uh, guide dogs at any point you know yeah. not, nothing obviously not in a personal way but they don't you know for whatever reason they don't want one so they're, it's they're not for everybody. no exactly but I think as someone who has used a guide dog you know to me having a cane sucks (laughs) in comparison
1: yeah i mean there have been several several times when well i mean even a few weeks ago like yoko i I went to the yoko at one week one weekend started she developed this intermittent but not very but sort of um not constant um splutter and i thought okay that's a bit weird maybe she's got something stuck down her throat so the monday that i went back into the office i said to the dog care team she's been starting doing this cough this spluttering they said it's kennel cough if i were if i were you i wouldn't i wouldn't work her on the harness and i thought well well that's going to be good because i need her to get around reading station How am I going to do that? And they said, use a cane. So, I had to use Yoko. I had Yoko just walking her on the lead. Hmm. um, And I had to use a cane, which I borrowed from somebody. And it was... I mean, that's the first time I've ever had to do it with Yoko in the other hand. But it was... Yeah. I mean, I, I know I use my cane quite a bit sometimes. You know, if I want to leave yoko at home just for an evening when I'm going out with friends or something I'll take my cane because it won't be fair on yoko but but yeah it's, it's it's never the same
0: no i will say like the situation you brought up i mean not that i've had that but it's one of the reasons why i always i do have a a cane always in my rucksack you know yeah. that, I, that i carry his say um a f- you know, collapsible bowl and a bottle of water in for Eula, I do have a cane in there as well, just in case something happens like that. Because uh, I definitely I would rather that than if something happened that he couldn't work, and then you know not have him, yeah, uh, or the cane. But yeah, no, it's no, it's interesting uh, situations with. I don't know. Like I said, it's just so much. I'm trying to figure the best way to put it. I I just think uh, it it's sort of it is the companionship along with the mobility side. But in my mind, again, I've said it before, but I guess I'll say it again. You know, when it comes to a guide dog versus a cane, as it were, you know, the cane doesn't have eyes. Uh, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, like you, for example, that bike example you gave or the example I gave of the car at the Pelican, I wouldn't have stopped because again, naturally in that situation, I'd argue, I just assumed the car would stop. Yeah. So so I would have just kept going, which uh, with my cane, which like I said, I'm pretty sure would have resulted in, if it, if it wouldn't, if it didn't, if it wouldn't have resulted in me getting hit by the car, it would have resulted in a very close call if, if they had managed to, Put the brake on having a guide dog. It's uh, it's definitely something that's paid off for you.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Like I said, it's weird. In some ways, it has more of a meaning in your life with the fact that you're working for the charity as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm giving something back. Um, sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that no, makes sense because um, it's obviously it's a, a lot of work that goes into. Uh, the dogs being the way they are before they even get to us you know before yeah. we are matched with them you know the there's a lot of effort from numerous people that goes into it yeah and and it's all started apparently by uh classical music being played on the speakers <laughs> yeah but yeah I think uh we've talked about uh, a good amount of stuff there uh, George uh, unless if there's something specific you ha- uh, wanted to address before we wrap not up what
1: can th- not what I can think of
0: no, no. no? good stuff well thanks again for uh, joining me
1: thank uh, you again for having me
0: yes uh, and I guess uh, we should end this episode by saying uh happy uh happy ninetieth birthday to uh, guide yes. UK.
1: yeah ninety years very ninety very very productive years and here's to many many more
0: yes very much so so thank you again for those listening and until the next episode goodbye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that was a very informative chat hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining you can follow me on twitter at theblindbrennan send an email to theblindbrennan at gmail.com or join the facebook group listen with your eyes if you can like, share and rate the podcast that would be very much appreciated you've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time (music)